This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup. You are listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. And today we're going to be talking A, with a wonderful person, B, about a wonderful topic. And she's going to school us and uh, really kind of talk to us about what she knows about the topic, but also what she uh, thinks we should be doing. Um, topic is, of course, fighting gender equality during a crisis, which, you know, timely now, but probably timely all the time, uh, seeing that there's disruption to business that happens uh, all the time. But we're obviously dealing with COVID, and it's a front of mind for everyone. Um, Romy, uh, do us and the audience a huge favor and introduce yourself and your company to us. Yes, William, I'm, I'm happy to be here talking to you. Uh, I'm Romy Newman. I'm the co-founder and president of Fairy Godboss. We are the largest career community for women. We were founded five years ago. My co-founder and I are both alums of, of Dow Jones and the Wall Street Journal. Uh, and we have built a platform that aims to be an essential resource for women managing their careers. And I also feel very lucky to know you, and I, I'm afraid that might impinge on the editorial objectivity of this podcast. <laughs> no, because you know what? The, the beauty of knowing each other and respecting each other is you also can then ask pointed questions, you know, and it doesn't come off as, as, uh, as mean or mean-spirited and things like that. But, Fair enough. Um, so, okay, so I won't get into those furloughed, uh, furloughed or those you know, laid off and all those other types of things. But I do want to ask the question for business leaders, when they're looking at those things, when they're looking at, okay, we've got to lay off 10% of the workforce and they've made a hard decision. How do they think either simultaneously or before that, how do they think about gender equity? Yeah. So um, I'm a big believer that in any economic scenario, Gender equality in the workplace, of course, is important for human rights reasons, but it's also critically important for business performance reasons, right? We know that diverse employee uh, workplaces, diverse workplaces produce better results, they're more innovative, uh, they have better team dynamics. Um, and so what's interesting is I've, I read recently a study released by the company Great Place to Work that really puts a fine point on this concept and has shown that during the last recession, companies that uh, practiced inclusion and diversity actually significantly outperformed their peers. This is how dramatically. Companies that focused on diversity during the last recession had stock price growth of 14% during that time period, whereas the remainder of companies, the S&P 500, was down 35%. So now's the time to invest in diversity because it's the right thing for human rights, but it's also the right thing to do if you want your business to be as successful and healthy as, as it can be coming out of it. And sometimes companies right now can't invest, they're scaling back. So then the question is, if you're scaling back, 
how do you make sure that when you make your cuts, your, your cut, your employee base, you're not cutting your most diverse employees. You have to keep an eye on the diversity of your employee base as you're making cuts, for sure. So one, one question that's, uh, that, you know, you probably missed it when I said it, but I used the word equity and I meant to say equality. Mm. So that was actually a misstep for me. Uh, and those two words <laughs> mean different things. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out, right? News at 11. Yeah. Um, do people get those words or is that just a me thing? Do, do people get those words confused? Yes. Cert- I mean, c- certainly. And I, I mean, I think we need more of all of them. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think unfortunately the reality is even leading into this recession, we, we had certainly more attention focused on the topic of workplace gender equality than ever before. Right. But really the po- progress is, is really hard and really slow. Um, and so I think all we can do is try to keep the focus, try to keep an eye on it. And also acknowledge that this current crisis probably unfortunately disproportionately affects women. I yeah. think, you know, you see what's happening is that women don't tend to be the primary earner in their household. And so when what's, you know, what's happening in the world is that this enormous body of additional work has been added to a household, right? Every household with school age children like you and me, we're now all in the business of homeschooling, right? right. And then in addition to that, um, turns out, I've, I can attest to this firsthand, when you are home, when, when a family of four, as mine is, is home all day in the house, eating three meals a day, there is a considerable amount of housework that has just amplified, has grown and grown and grown since we're home all the time. So um, it would make sense kind of economically for that work to fall to the lower earner or to the earner whose work um, is, is the most, is the least essential to the family. And often that's the woman. So what we're seeing is that really um, there's been a setback and we've even seen at Fairy Godboss, we've seen employees who've, female employees who've resigned because they now without childcare are not able to manage their workload. And uh, I get that. I mean, I think if I had very young children, it'd be very hard to manage them and try to do a job at the same, you know, a full-time job at the same time in this environment. It's it's funny. Uh, I've refused in our household. Now, my bo- both my boys are ten and fourteen, respectively. So, the, uh, the, some context. I've refused to call it homeschooling. Uh, <laughs> I, I we call it here. We call it distance learning. Right. Because I think both my boys. I just talked to my wife about it a second ago. I don't know if they're going to want to go back to school. Yeah. <laughs> right. So uh, this is so we're, good. <laughs> we're, we're using distance learning as the term, not homeschooling, so right. they don't get the idea that you know we go back to this. So what keeps me up at night, uh, related to this topic, is that the strides that we've made, and again, you you nailed it. The, the strides have been slow and painful and torturous, and you know, okay. But my perception is that over the last three or four years, we have made some strides. Now, again, that's just a perception that I have, and you know. We've certainly had more attention on it than ever before. That's probably Uh, the best way to say that, yeah. Yeah, although I do have to point out that even last year, um, when there was more attention on it than ever before, the the 
uh, stat I'd love to quote, I'd love to hate to quote, is that um, there are more Fortune 500 CEOs appointed named Jeffrey than there were women <laughs> oh. at all. <laughs> oh, that hurts. And, and my first name's Jeffrey, so that hurts. Is doubly. it really? Yes, it is. Jeffrey Williams. So wow. Yes, that hurts Fun twice. fact we have revealed here today. <laughs> oh, oh, like, a, like, a, like a knife to the chest. But look, um, you are that much closer to being a Fortune 500 <laughs> yeah, CEO. Right, no. Here's, some, here's something that will never happen in my lifetime or, or, or otherwise. Um, do you feel, I mean, okay, so we both kind of have the, the similar kind of a, a, a terror, if you will, is that we're going to slip after yeah. this, or that we're yeah. slipping right now. Um, what, what advice can we give to people that maybe haven't made cuts? And, and, if, and if we have, okay, what can we do to speed back up and get both the attention back to where it should be, but also get the actions back to where it should be with the core? Yeah. Yeah, so a few things. First of all, I believe there's a lot of things that we can do to support both gender equality and also diversity and inclusion of all kinds that don't cost anything. And that can be done in the face of hiring freezes or cuts or severe business disruption. Uh, number one, representation. So if the people that are in the room making the most important decisions to the company are not diverse or don't represent a diversity of employees, Diversity will never be a part of your core business structure. And then as the study shows, you are not going to be better positioned to come out of this, this economic downturn. So make sure that the people who are in like the company's war room, the most essential decision makers, have diverse representation. So that's step one. Step two is about, um, again, continually reevaluating your employee base, whether you're growing, whether you're shrinking, where are you diverse? Where are you not? If you can add to diversity, make sure you do it. So if you're one of these companies like Instacart or Amazon that's hiring really rapidly, you've still, even though we're all in a rush, we are in such a big hurry to make changes to support this COVID situation, mm -hmm. um, make sure that diversity is still part of it. And, and if you, you know, and if you're not, maybe this is a really good time. If you're not as busy in hiring, if you work in talent acquisition, now is a chance to start to really think about pipelining talent where you know you don't have enough diversity in the organization. You can start to build longer relations, start relationships, start to nurture um, a pipeline so that when we're ready to hire again, you're not starting from scratch. And then the third thing I'd say is about employee engagement and giving voice to those that don't have it. If there are people who were more likely to have a challenge um, participating or being recognized in in-person meetings, imagine what happens to them in Zoom meetings. Um, and I don't think mm -hmm. to go much farther than last Saturday's episode of Saturday Night Live mm -hmm. to get a taste for it. <laughs> but how are we giving voice to people who don't have it, whether it's in Zoom, whether it's through Slack, or whether it's through kind of virtual office conversations? I mean, everyone is really uh, reeling at home. And there's that meme going around, right, that says you're not you're not working from home. You're at home trying to work during mm -hmm. a crisis. And we are. So how are we reaching and supporting the employees that need it the most? The employees that are having the most anxiety, that are feeling the most weight of this crisis and ensuring that, that they feel supported. Uh, and I think there's one last piece to that, which is how, what is the company, how is the company adding value in this? How are 
are, it, no, no one is business as usual, right? And so how is this company coming together to add value from a public facing position? And you, you look at um, co companies are doing amazing things like 3M, uh, obviously standing up and, and producing masks. Um, you've got Pfizer who's contributed millions of dollars to frontline workers. Um, you've got Salesforce who's shoring up small businesses. So companies are taking big, broad statements to say, this is where our values lie. And that helps pull in employees and, and remind the employees that they're glad to be part of that team. So that's kind of, was a long answer. But well, that's, that's where I see. <laughs> that's a great answer. You're sitting on a ton of data and a great, and, and great experience to say that. Um, just as a, as a quick question around uh, gender equality, do you feel it's a, and again, not just for you, but for the folks that you serve, is it a destination or is it a journey? Well, you know, I cite this stat a lot, but the World Economic Forum says right. pre-COVID, we're 200 years away from real gender equality. Oh, my God. And, yeah. <laughs> um, so, oh, my heart. So, but my life, right, it, it's like can make it hard to wake up in the morning. But my, my life's work is about accelerating that time. Right. Line. And I, I always refer to my daughter who is, you know, right here with me today. Yeah. Uh, she's six years old. And I say to myself, I'm not, I know I'm not going to see real equality in the workplace in my lifetime. It's just not possible at this pace. But how, what, would, what would have to change? And it would have to be radical. But what would have to change in order for her to? to? Um, and I think that's sort of the question I bring every day. This is a great question. Do you feel like during the crisis, and, and there are advocates within a business for uh, gender equality, obviously, and I would probably think that those that are against it are probably more quiet than not. But let's just say that there are advocates. Do you think that, like during a crisis that either those advocates either get silenced or feel like they need to be silent because yeah. they're worried, you know? I don't know about worried, but it does feel like, wow, there are really, um, there's a lot of important priorities right now. It right. is much more, I am, you're not going to find much bigger advocates of gender equality than me. And it is much more important to me that our frontline healthcare workers are cared for right now right. than it is. And, and because we are in a true emergency. And I think that the question or the challenge at hand for all of us is, can we do both? Can we still make it our most urgent priority to heal and cure America, to get America back to work, to support our frontline healthcare workers, to take care of our families? And then can we also still have room to make sure we're supporting diverse workplaces? So I love that you said uh, for recruiters that this is if, if they're not fixing some process or working on technology or doing something out, that this is be a wonderful time to start pipelining and building a, a diverse slate of candidates for when things come back and when these things happen. Um, the question I want to ask you is about kind of the, as, as business leaders, so the board, C-suite, anybody that's, anybody that's in that room, Hopefully that room is diverse uh, and inclusive, but let's say anyone that's in that room, is it proportionate? Should they look at things like furloughs, layoffs, um, things of that nature, rifts, uh, as proportionate? Or should they look at it, uh, if not proportionate, well, let me just ask, how should they look at those things? So they're going to lay off 10,000 people. Mm -hmm. That's going to happen. So we know that that's going to happen. It's just a decision. It's a hard decision that's been made. 
how do they make that decision and still kind of keep DNI right in the back of their minds and maybe or maybe maybe not in the back of their minds maybe in the very front of their minds how do they how do they make it proportionate or do they make it proportionate right well i think the question to ask is do business leaders believe that diversity drives business results i know i do i'm not sure everybody does yet but i think right. the ones that do have found it to be a real competitive um, advantage. And so if you, you know, I, there's a, there's a stat from McKinsey that companies that are diverse perform 35% better than, than companies that are not. And so if I went to any CEO and said, I have a secret tactic that can make your company perform 35% better, would you be interested in it? Right? Who wouldn't be? Yeah. So I do. I've got it. I've got yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, um, so I think, yeah, the diversity, and, and we know that unfortunately workforces were not diverse enough, but so to your point, this has been a real year of, and two years, three years of investing in gender diversity, investing in, in, uh, um, racial and ethnic diversity and in, in sexual orientation diversity. And if we lose that, uh, if if we lose the diversity we've built, it will dis, it will uh, negatively impact company performance. So let's not do that. So during during a crisis, do you do you think a consideration as it relates to uh, gender equality? Do you do you believe, or is it a factor in any way, shape, or form um, uh, regarding the customers that you serve? A hundred percent. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. It's such an important point. Uh, I mean, when I've been talking to some of the pharmaceutical companies, you're talking about the patients on the front line, and we've seen that underrepresented minorities are being disproportionately impacted by COVID, mm. right? How are companies thinking about their end user, their patients, their, um, their customer? And that is so incredibly essential. So two questions uh, that I have, and then, and then uh, anything that you'd like to add. One is, is how do we assess at post-COVID? So, you know, you mentioned the two or 200 years behind, which is I'm still reeling from that. A, B, it's it's like one of the one of the things you're trying to do is flatten the curve of that. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, um, totally. I never thought of it that way before, but yeah. <laughs> yeah I didn't either. But uh, I didn't know we were 200 years behind mm. either. Um, how do we assess afterwards? How do we yeah. do the, I uh, say postmortem, probably not the right word, but the idea that after this, we will kind of look backwards and reconcile what happened, what we did, what we did wrong, right, et cetera. How will we look at gender equality and how should we assess success and failure of gender equality post-COVID? Well, I think a big part is having the courage to measure mm. uh, and to say, here's where we are today. And especially if there's rapid periods of hiring, how can we make sure that we pause and focus on hiring diversely? Um, the, you know, but I, I think, again, that will only happen if people are doing work now, even when they're not hiring, because otherwise in the scramble, it's going to get lost. I think that's number one. And number two, I think, um, diversity efforts depend on senior leadership. Right. So I think um, 
the drumbeat has to has to happen now so that diversity and inclusion of all kinds are imbued as a core value of the and not just a value of the company but a requirement of the employees of the company um, and so that it doesn't have to be such hard work to drive diversity when you come out if it's if it's a core tenet of the company it should just fall naturally and that's something we can foster in a downturn do you do you think and, and again you might not have a great answer for this but leaders that don't believe you know no one's going to come out and say <laughs> I don't believe in equality. I don't believe in diversity and inclusion. There's not anybody. None of the Jeffreys are going to come out and say <laughs> stuff publicly, right? Like, like this right. is one of those deals, like like racism, in some ways that that it happens, but it's a bit more covert than it is overt. Um, do you think that this is a great way to find out who really believes in gender equality based on the decisions that they've made? I think it's a good question. I um, like if Jeffrey doesn't believe, pick any one of them. Doesn't matter. If Jeffrey doesn't really believe in gender equality and doesn't yeah. believe in the thirty-five percent, doesn't believe just just gender equality is like something that they feel like they have to do because it's so societal pressures and other things. But like, doesn't really in their heart of hearts believe in it. And uh, then they go through these layoffs, didn't really factor in, you know, diversity, inclusion, or gender equality, didn't factor in any of those things, just made layoffs based on whatever they felt like they needed to, and didn't really think of it. Can, do we judge those people? I mean, is there a way to yeah. judge those people well, now? Going back, going back to this research that Great Place to Work uh, conducted, what I'd like to believe is that we will be able to know exactly who believed in it because they'll be the winners. And, um, and you don't, you know, I think there are real leaders in this. Um, and I'll give, you know, just an example. This actually just came across right before I, I got on the phone with you. But um, Microsoft is giving workers an additional three months of paid parental leave to deal with extended school closures. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And I think, you know, you look at Satya Nadella, and he's such a there's no question where his values lie, right. right? This in this act and in many, many others, in many of his public statements, and you know, um, it, Microsoft is sitting in one of the hottest hot spots, right? And and is very well connected, obviously, to Bill Gates, who's one of the key voices in this whole crisis. And yet, here's a company that's really pausing to say, "How is this impacting my workforce?" Yep. And not only that, this act, first of all, supports women but also helps create equity in the home or equality in the home um, by, by um, you know, giving the caregiving benefit to both men and women. So you look at an action like that. And so I don't know if I can say you'll, you'll know who wasn't supporting it, but I think you sure will know who was. Yeah. The results at the end of the day, you know, there's mutual funds that are built around this and there's, mm -hmm. you know, yes. at one point you're going to be able to look down and say, okay, here's the winners and losers and that, and you know, you studied the market long enough to then be able to just say, okay, here's, here's how this played out. Right. Um, the last question I have is what question should I have asked you that I didn't ask you about fighting for gender equality during your crisis? 
I'm silenced. Um, <laughs> I think we <laughs> put a put a marker down. Might uh, be the first time ever. <laughs> ever, ever. I guess if I had to have a parting thought um, for both men and women, I think a real um, a real uh, casualty of this crisis that may you know feel less important is any kind of career development, networking, mentoring. I mean you've certainly lost the ability to bump into a senior leader in the hall, right? Or have a senior leader see your work kind of from afar because we're not working in the same place. We're not working in offices. Um, and so I think my thought would be, let's all take this time to reach out and try to give some advice or mentor a person, even when we don't have much time because right. um, it's, it's, you know, the, the, the support and mentorship is scarce at this moment. And not only that, but I think, um, I think that, um, I think that, um, you know, we have to, we have to make sure everyone's okay. We have to stop and ask the question, how are you feeling? Are you managing? And picking up the phone or jumping on a Zoom with someone you don't talk to all the time is more important than ever. I can't agree with you any more than than that because um, it's it's one of those things that we all need, you know, coaching, mentoring. We need somebody to kind of help guide us through. And uh, when you're in an office, you know, you can bump into people or go to lunch with people. You can kind of start that. It's harder to do. It still can be done, but it's just harder to do when you're remote. And I think remote employees would tell you that, that it's just harder to kind of feel like they're a part of the culture. But now that we've all had the opportunity for work from home, <laughs> I think we're going to be more sensitive to work from home issues in the future. Which yeah, is, for sure. And there's maybe may a lot more of the working from home from here yes, forward. So I, I, I yes, 100%. Listen, uh, 30 minutes flew by. I knew it yeah. would. Um, we're going to schedule another one or two of these because i got a couple other things I want to explore with you. I want to thank the audience for listening to uh, Recruiting Daily. I want to thank Romy. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate you. And uh, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for having me, William. Be safe, be well, be healthy, everyone. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.